Chapter 18 of Betty Baird's Golden Year by Anna Hamlin Weichel. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Holly Jensen. Chapter 18 Lois's Engagement. Engaged to Dunmore Lane? You, Lois Bird! With a hesitating flourish of a handsome new ring, Lois had told Betty that she and Dunmore Lane were engaged to be married the thing which of all betty most feared so it is settled said betty in a sinking voice she sat down tense and expectant near lois lois was looking off into space she nodded her head slowly yes dunny has heard from my father she said smiling at betty then she began to laugh what a woe-begone face lois i'm horribly horribly jealous oh betty when i'm so happy yes i'm jealous and a mean narrow-minded small-hearted friend but oh lois she ran over to her friend and kneeling threw her arms around her hugging her tight we'll never be the same again dunny's first now and oh i can't stand it between a laugh and a cry, Betty scrambled to her feet. I'll help you plan your wedding finery, though. Then she added with a kiss, There's no one I'd rather, rather have for a brother friend than Dunny Lane. Lois smiled very sweetly. She was, even for her, unusually still and quiet. And to Betty, this was the beginning of the parting of their ways never before had lois remained so silent so indisposed to talk things over here was this intense happening and she only sat there by the window with that serene smile and faraway expression in her beautiful brown eyes now betty if you too were only she began betty clapped her hands over her ears no i won't lois bird have you recommend matrimony to me it's worked enough havoc already in our once happy home you engaged betrothed to dunmore lane i can't realize it the girls laughed together and the tense moment passed yes added betty trying to steer away from the subject of dunmore lane until she could get a hold on herself when people are deep in anything they're always trying to drag others in you know jenny walcott is a vegetarian and she's constantly holding forth on its weird beauties betty stopped abruptly but i suppose that is not exactly to the point no it is not affirmed lois with feeling well i'm beginning to feel much broader-minded now so let's have a good time planning your wedding oh lois how queer that does sound Betty looked at Lois as if she expected to see in the gentle, high-bred face some strange transformation. Lois smiled gaily. Oh, I'm so happy, Betty. It can't make any difference between us. Why, I believe I love the whole world better because of this. And how much more I love you, Betty, my comrade. At this, Betty kissed Lois hurriedly and bolted to the door and ran down the hall to be with her mother. Mother, she cried, falling on her knees and holding Mrs. Baird's hand in a tight grasp. Oh, mother, it's as if Lois were going to, to die. She buried her head in her mother's lap. 
Nonsense, Betty. Lift up your head. There. With both hands under Betty's chin, she raised the tear-stained face. In a short while, you will grow accustomed to the idea, and we shall all have a delightful time arranging Lois's wedding. Betty brightened and straightened up on her knees. We all love Dunny, continued her mother, and we know he is an honorable and loving fellow. As Lois loves him, she will have a happy life with him. We have both said they were suited to one another. Oh, I have always said no one was half good enough for Lois, broke in Betty. We naturally feel no one is good enough for our splendid girl. In time, we'll feel just as loving about Dunny and rejoice that Lois has such a noble husband. We can be thankful, too, that they are to live in New York and that Dunny is no idler, though he is so wealthy and that he is ambitious to be a first-class lawyer like his father, Judge Lane. I am glad, mother. Indeed, I am glad, repeated Betty, as if the affirmation brought to the surface her real feelings about Lois's engagement, which had been hidden by the surface excitement and jealousy, though a desire for an exclusive love was not a part of Betty's makeup. I don't want to be mean and not be happy when Lois is happy. But just think, mother, she is sitting up there, looking out of the window with that contented, peaceful smile, and thinking of a boy. Betty did not try to keep the scorn out of her voice. Imagine me sitting by my window with a peaceful smile for Jack and Paul and Craig, she finished. Mrs. Baird laughed heartily. You don't get the right idea. Leave out the ands and put in oars. It's easy to see your heart free, child. At least, if you can't understand the deep part, you can give Lois your interest and loyalty and keep from showing your disappointment. Mrs. Baird felt a lightening of her heart when she heard Betty class Paul Wayborn so carelessly with Jack and Craig. Oh, if she could only keep her little girl a while longer. Yet, with the perfect happiness of her own married life before her mind, she knew she would have Betty married some day to a man she loved and honored. Suddenly, with a shock, came the omission that had escaped her, Mr. Minturn. But no, she refused to consider him. Why, they had known each other only... Then she saw that her reasoning was not trustworthy and would not lead her to the longed-for conclusion and she stopped. Her mother's eyes had not been blinded to his evident admiration of her daughter. Betty, with her arms folded in her mother's lap, was looking out towards the sound, and Mrs. Baird smiled down at the fair head and pushed back tenderly the wayward curls that fell over her forehead. In the happiness of their new-found relation, Lois and Dunny's conversation naturally turned to Betty. Look at Paul there, remarked Dunny. The old Sobersides is laying down the law about something or other. He's been coming here pretty regularly since the May Day. I can't for the life of me imagine what Betty sees in him. Oh, Betty doesn't care for him particularly, explained Lois. But he attracts her in some ways. He's going to join the brothers who are working among the mountaineers in Tennessee, and he likes to talk to Betty about it and his loyalty to the cause appeals to the strong sense of loyalty in her own nature. But there isn't a trace of sentiment in it on either side. 
I'm perfectly sure of that. I'm mighty glad of it, said Dunny heartily. Jack's the boy for her. Lois shook her head thoughtfully. I don't believe it's Jack, she answered slowly. They are too much alike, and I don't think Betty herself is sure just yet, though I have my own suspicions. Minturn? asked Dunny abruptly. Lois only smiled at him teasingly, then sprang up and ran over to where Betty and Paul were talking. End of chapter 18 Recording by Holly Jensen